0: Hi, I'm Maddie. And I'm Celia. And together, along with the rest of France,
1: we are indefinitely indoors.
0: This is a diary-style recording of our lives in isolation, covering the highs, the lows, and questioning all of the unknowns.
1: This is two girls, one virus, and a government-imposed lockdown.
0: Thanks for listening. Oh, and if you haven't done so already...
1: Please go and wash your hands. Before we get started, just a little bit about ourselves. I'm Celia, speaking from the confines of a two-bedroom apartment in Paris. I'm spending my time indoors in a 65-metre-squared space with my large husband, my small yet busy one-year-old, and my rambunctious but lovable French bulldog.
0: And I'm Maddie, and I'm in Bordeaux in the beautiful south of France with my husband Scott and our toddler Aubrey. We're enduring lockdown in France. We're doing our best, but sometimes that's a little bit difficult with a very energetic two-year-old. Are we happy with that?
1: Do you think that's good?
0: Yeah. Cool. Okay. So welcome back to another edition of indefinitely indoors. We're still in indoors because we've been told that we're going to be in here for longer. We just don't know how much longer at the moment. It is the 9th of April 2020, also known as day 23. Celia, how was your day? Um, it was a beautiful day today.
1: It was around 23 degrees. Um, i spent about 40 minutes outside of my allocated hour because it was a bit hot for Kim and Bear so we went I took him and Raf for a little walk around the park um we had a really yummy dinner but it was yeah it was a nice day today actually I was pretty exhausted because Raf has been a bit unsettled with his sleeping but all in all it was a
0: nice day how was yours? Today was a great day actually for me um I had quite a few wins I'm just going to integrate those into my day in review so it started out normal enough and then we thought let's have fish tacos for dinner which is a bit of a treat so we went to go to the uh I'm not going to say this right but the poisonery.
1: Poisonery.
0: yes We. Oui um and just as we got down to the bottom of the stair oh no wait let me reverse first of all I got a sleep in today was my sleep in day and I was ripped out of my sleep in by the doorbell and Scott yelling out to me so I went to the door and it was my postman who I haven't seen for a while and we've become not quite close but we know each other he knows that I'm not French. So he speaks to me and he was like, hello, hello, it's your postman. I've got a package for you. So I let him in, but I don't see him anymore because he just leaves the package downstairs and leaves. So, but that's okay. I'll see him again. But anyway, I was going to ask him how he's going and make sure he's all well, but he shot off. Um, Anyway, it was a package from home from my mum and dad with birthday presents for Aubrey. And there was just so many gifts in there that kept giving first of all it's hot here as well I don't really have that many summer clothes for Aubrey and mum sent me some summer clothes so that was great she also sent Aubrey two sticker books which is like his most favorite thing in the world plus a new book that we've read probably about 13 times today um, and she sent two tubes of Vegemite so it was just like wow the morning already was like amazing And so we went out to go get our fish for fish tacos. I got downstairs and I got a text from my friend who owns the coffee shop in my street. And she was like, I'm in painting in the store today. If you want to drop by, I'll make you a coffee. (sighs) So that was our first real coffee. I furiously texted her back and I was like, I will see you in two minutes. But that was our first real coffee since lockdown ended. And it was amazing. And that just set the tone for the day. And I, the day couldn't be a bad day after that. It was just awesome. I forgot that there are people like yourself
1: who have to get by without any sort of coffee. For how many, what is it, 23, 22 days now you've had to go without good coffee?
0: Yeah. I'm right. just,
1: <laughs> we've got a um, sage jewel boiler, proper coffee machine with a grinder as well. And not only that, but I have my husband who makes amazing flat whites. So that is something that I've been taking for granted. But I know if I had to go without that, I would not be a good human or mother or wife.
0: Yeah, well, that's where we've been at. I really want to record my Nespresso machine when I'm making my coffee, because honestly, it sounds like it's on its last legs. (laughs) it was just such an amazing treat to have a coffee that was made well with beautiful beans she gets her beans from Ireland they're so nice and we had like a lovely chat at a distance obviously but it was just really nice to see some like a friendly face and chat about things and see how we've all been going and then another friend of ours um dropped by for her coffee as well and um so we had like a social morning and it was afterwards Scott and I were on a high and everyone was just so down to chat it was just really lovely I'm really jealous (laughs) it was amazing we were like on a high afterwards just from like 15 minutes of chatting to other people
1: our friend you know Casey and Lydia Mm. So Casey owns his own coffee brand called La Case. And the other day he dropped off, obviously all the coffee shops are closed. He dropped off a one kg bag of beans to Hugh. But obviously the communication was quite poor between Hugh and I and Casey and his wife, Lydia. What happened was Casey drove by our apartment. He went downstairs to collect the beans. And that was that. Meanwhile, Lydia and I were just so upset that we'd missed the chance to see each other, A. B, we wanted to know everything that they'd talked about. They were both very blard, nonchalant about it. I've been going for over 20 days without having social time with anyone other than my husband, and they just get to casually have this moment. And they don't even appreciate it. They didn't really appreciate it. They were just like, yeah, it was nice to see him. <gasps>
0: For us, we like couldn't even like we were just all talking like at the same time. Well, there was just so many words. Everyone was just so happy to talk, and she's Irish too, so she like also loves to talk. It was. She just, loves the- it was a good good morning. Looking at the news from the last couple of days, have you seen anything noteworthy? Any updates, developments in France or around the world? You want to share? Well, I think the
1: only topic of conversation that's on any of our minds, those of us living in France, is just what President Macron's speech is going to entail on Monday evening. So yesterday, we were told that our lockdown period that was supposed to end on April the 15th will definitely be extended. I guess they had to get that announcement out there just so no one's making plans to sort of open up business or go back to work for next week. And also, just so we were reminded that Easter is cancelled this year, as is Easter holidays, as is vacation. Um, And then it was announced that Macron would do an address to the nation on Monday night and he would let us know how much how much longer we were going to be confined for gut feeling is that he will just prolong it for two more weeks because I don't think that the French can take much more than that at this point. Um, it'll be almost a month when he makes his address and I, I mean, I could be completely wrong, but I don't, know what that would do to us all mentally if he said that we would be confined until mid-May which would be a whole nother month away
0: yeah see I feel like he's going to say a month because for me it's worse that it's just this incremental longer 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 at this point I would like to know that they have some sort of a plan and if that means another four weeks then I just want to know now because I'm getting really sick which I'm sure a lot of people are of this whole like we get close to getting out and they're like oh no no don't get excited it's going to be longer
1: I think it's also the whole feeling of getting your hopes up because different people process things differently and I know myself I am a bit of an optimist (laughs) even against the odds of numbers that roll in every night that we will be allowed out at the mark of each two weeks. So um, I know what you mean. I think if I would prefer a realistic time frame, but I just don't know the psyche, if, if you could take a whole another month up upfront. Um, so I live in Paris obviously, and we were told, I think it was two or three days ago that, we were no longer permitted to exercise between 10 a.m. and 7 p.m., uh, which just means that if you were jogging alone or doing anything like that, you would have to do that before or after. I've no, I have no idea. To me, that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense because the streets aren't busy, but um, I think they really want to reduce the amount of people sort of exercising and overexerting themselves at the moment um so I don't know I just feel like the walls are slowly closing in on me each sort of new update and I guess I am living in Paris which is one of the epicenters in France oh but you just do start to feel pretty hopeless
0: yeah because like my thing is I just don't see us getting out in two weeks or maybe I don't I just don't believe them anymore so I just want them to tell us something that's realistic. Like we're going to say it's 4 weeks. If things improve rapidly during that time, then we'll look at letting you out earlier or letting some people out before that 4 week mark. Um that would be nice. It's just I don't if he says 2 weeks again tomorrow. And if he says at least two weeks or, you know, around two weeks or however they've been saying it, then I'm just not going to believe him. And it's so hard being in this state of flux constantly. It would just be really nice to have something planned, something. I, I don't know what the French government is doing at this point. It's There's so many mixed messages, I feel. And I think that's really hard too with social media, fake news,
1: but then also believing sometimes that maybe there is a curl of truth in this information you're getting. Um, the government are offering businesses subsidies for the period of mid-March to end of June, which I wonder why that date was given. Is that when they think business might go back to usual and is that what they're anticipating? Businesses will be hit hard or won't be able to open. So then should we be expecting that Um confinement will be till then and then I was watching um, news on France 24 which is one of their main sites today and they were talking about the fact that Macron is going to speak on Monday and that there have been some talk that we should expect some form of confinement mid-June till 1st of July. I did see today that the number of patients in ICU is declining slowly in France, but it's just, I just don't think that there's a handle on the huge demand in the hospitals, the lack of
0: resources and the rate of infection too, the amount of cases. I don't think they have a handle on it at all. I think it's completely out of control.
1: Okay, so thinking about that, though, which is scary, and mid-June, early July is terrifying to me. On okay. the flip side, I was reading about the fact that countries like Australia and New Zealand who are really being heralded as countries who have really got a good, have managed the situation really well, brought it down early, were able to close off their borders. Obviously, they're island nations what's going to happen to them if they have a really low case rate are they going to to just be in this constant state of caution for the next year or however long it is while coronavirus is still going around do you know what I mean if there's less antibodies across the population what's it going to mean for them trying to
0: manage stopping their lockdown because it won't be within their own population but it'll be that stress of travel yeah I I think In Australia, I know the Prime Minister said that there'll be social distancing measures in place for six months, and I suppose if it's working well enough and they're also coming to winter, which uh, I don't know a lot about our tourism, but I would say that there's more tourists in Australia during spring and autumn and summer probably. So maybe they could keep their borders closed for that time I don't know it's a tough one because if they can keep case numbers low there and just keep the economy slowly chugging that's and keep the cases down that's a win and I really hope Boris Johnson recovers I know that is like you honestly couldn't write a better story but it's almost like too tragic is.
1: and like I said to you it's just my personality type but I am going to over the weekend just cross all my fingers that we do see some change in France in terms of the number of um, new cases at least because you know that Macron is trying to speak to everybody at the last possible moment before lockdown was supposed to end To have the most accurate gauge on it, I think. And I am just hoping that the case, I think there's around 7,000 people in intensive care in France, which is really scary. But um, yeah, I'm just really hoping that the cases, that we just don't see a huge growth in new cases at least.
0: Surely you would think there'll be something positive on the horizon. It'd just be like really nice. They talk about that staggered approach of letting people out or, you know, letting some businesses start again. It would be really great to for them to come to us with a little bit of a plan.
1: And that's where you and I differ because with that staggered approach, it just makes me feel sad because being in the hot spot, I know I'm going to be the last person one of the last people staggering out of lockdown really <laughs> Being yeah. in, i think we are probably going to be confined the longest we're in it for the long haul
0: yeah i think so i hate to say it but wow, wow. you can come visit us straight away afterwards we'll go to the beach i can't wait to go to the beach. Um, Okay, well, moving on. So today we're going to do a bit of a different segment. Celia, would you like to explain? Um, So we're just going to quickly
1: talk through because I find it really interesting to see or read about different people's days in lockdown. What do they call it? Like ISO days, whatever. Um, So I thought maybe Maddie and I, I, I imagine you are kind of like Us in the sense that you've got a bit of a structure because you are ruled by the day of your little toddler. So I thought I would just run through what our day looks like here in Paris. Our daily routine with a one year old in a two bedroom apartment in a kitchen that is so small that if you blinked, you'd miss it. Raph wakes up at 6 a.m. and he's in the room directly next door to us, and we even share a wall that has a door in it so any sound that he makes we can hear. We leave him for about 20 minutes and silently beg him to go back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> then we play that game where we both lie there but he always cracks first. He gets up at around six thirty, gives Ref his bottle, gives him his breakfast and slides with him in our lounge room which is also connected to our bedroom. I get up pretending I haven't heard them. I get up around 7.30, 8, as late as I can. I take our dog down to the grass near our apartment to go to the toilet and I'm really stealth and on the lookout for police. We're very quick because I don't want this to affect into my one time out of the house. Then I come back and I put riff down for his first nap around 8.30 or 9.00. And that's when it's uh one of our two blocks of alone time of the day for Hugh and I so Hugh goes straight on to the walk bike he's coming back from a knee injury and he should be with a physio so he's having to do his own modified um workouts at home he's on the walk bike in the entrance which is part of our living room and it makes this large sound it's a whirring noise like a kicked bee's hive so I get dressed I have breakfast and I have my coffee amongst the sounds of angry bees. Raph wakes up at around 10. I get him dressed. I give him a snack and I play with him for about an hour or so. Then I fill out my form to allow me to leave the house. And I take Raph and Camembert for a walk. This is Hugh's time to work on his MBA that he's doing online. He works, sets up his own workstation in our bedroom because it's the only space that he can be away from our child. So then I walk as slowly as possible and use up as much of the allocated one hour as I can manage. And it's usually dictated by my dog, Cam and Bear, getting too tired. So I try and take it really slowly for him. Then we get back and we give Raf his lunch at around 12 o'clock. So that's 12 midday. And from that point on, we're inside for the remainder of the day and night. Hugh and I play and entertain him and then put him down for a second nap around two. Now it's our second chunk of alone time. Hugh and I do not speak to each other. We often both have headphones in. We're listening to podcasts. Um, I might be editing this podcast. I try to not consume too much news, but I often fall down a rabbit hole. I message my girlfriends. I try and do a house party if I can. Raph gets up at about 3.30 and then it's just back on crazy time with him if it's warm it means it's a good day and we set up our Ikea plastic storage tub on the balcony with an assortment of towels laid out and we fill it up with water so it's Raf's plunge pool we make sure not to give him any sort of toy that he could throw off the balcony and cause damage to anyone on the street below not that there is anyone on the street below and then we work out what to have for dinner If we're running out of supplies, Hugh fills out his form to go to the supermarket. We play, we entertain, we cook him dinner. He eats around six, then it's bath time, bedtime. Hugh and I have dinner at 7.30, lie down on the couch, drink a few gins, watch television, and then we go to bed. And then we repeat that exact routine all over again the next day for 22 days straight. Sounds busy. So that's our day
0: oh gosh it's definitely not easy with a child is it
1: it's not and you know what it is just the whole side of trying to be a creative mum. that's just constantly coming up with new things to do with them because you are limited by space and I know small space doesn't matter but it's just when you don't have the freedom to go outside when you want to if it was just social dis- distancing, if I just couldn't be around people, but I could go outside as much as I wanted to, I would be coping so much better. But it's just that one precious hour a day. And then if during that one hour, Raph's crying or is annoying me, oh, it's a lot.
0: Yes, this is why today it was so good when we got the package from my mum, and there was two sticker books and a new book in it because you know how exciting new toys are coupled with his birthday on Saturday so he's got lots of things that are keeping him busy at least
1: it's crazy how just one new toy or item or even household object that they decide they like on that day can just change your whole day
0: I know it's kind of good in a way it's a positive
1: definitely um, we discovered that Ref loves plastic tongs
0: oh good one mm-hmm. yeah. he just loves them and he marches around proudly with his tongs <laughs> and they would be fun for trying to pick things up with mm-hmm. Hmm. maybe I'll give the tongs a try tomorrow
1: and you've got no dog that Aubrey could try to pick up so that's a good <laughs> thing for you <laughs>
0: Alright, So a normal day in our house, Scott and I have been alternating sleep ins, but on the days that we do get up together, which was only Aubrey's birthday, to be honest, um, we get up at 7am each day. Aubrey, he lives in the room across the hall from us and Sometimes you can hear him, but sometimes we just sleep through it. But every day he's up at 7 a.m. and he's just sitting in his cot waiting for us to go in. And that's a nice way to wake up because he's always chirpy and ready to take on the day. Whereas I'm usually grumpy and can't see properly for like half an hour, but we get up and we go into the living room and we put on the news we watch the british news good morning britain we should be watching bbc but we don't we're not we're trash tv people so we watch Piers Morgan ranting all morning catch up on the news of the world while we actually usually read quite a few books in the morning oops just loves reading books so he'll just bring us books over and over after he said hello to all of his soft toys um, and then we do breakfast at eight. And for the first half of the morning, at the moment, we've been going out and to this little grassed area that we found. But unfortunately, all the dog walkers have found out about it too. So the other day when we went there, there was quite a bit of dog poo and Aubrey even touched some with his hand. So I'm kind mm-hmm. of like, don't want to go back there. But We usually go out for a walk in the morning and do some chores, like take our glass to the glass bin or go to the grocery store, whatever we have to do. Um, And Aubrey, he's got Lego that he loves to play with and these shapes game that he has. So we just pretty much do whatever he asks us to do because he just, if you sit on the couch, he comes over and says, get up and pulls you over to, play whatever toy he wants to play. He's got a bunch of tools he's into at the moment. Um, so that's what we do. And till lunch at midday, that usually takes a while to get Orbs to eat. Um, and he goes to bed at one, usually between one and one thirty, for uh, about two hours, usually, which is amazing. And, In that time, Scott and I have been doing gym on a Monday, Tuesday and Thursday, Friday, which has been really good. And we've got the WAP bike and we've got some equipment from the club and it just makes you kind of feel that you've been a little bit productive. But the rest of that time we spend sort of eating our own lunch if we haven't or cleaning around that, like those boring things that you have to do. Sometimes we get to watch a bit of TV, which is nice. Uh, But then Orbs is back up and we've just been going upstairs to our little deck and we take toys up. He chooses different toys each day. We go up and we get some sun and listen to music. He has his afternoon snack up there. And we just hang out in the sunshine, which is a treat when you live in an apartment I've got some friends who can't get they don't have an outdoor sort of balcony or anything like that so we feel really lucky that we can at least get some vitamin d and I think it's really improving our mood each day and uh then we come downstairs about 5 p.m because that's when we cook dinner we all we try to eat dinner with Aubrey because that's what you're supposed to do apparently um (laughs) So we eat dinner at 6 p.m. each night. And, yes, we're always hungry by about 8.30, but we just have snacks then. Um, But we cook together. Orbs usually sits up on our bench and watches us cook. He's a bit of a pain, but it's still nice to have him there. And we eat and we do bath and we do stories, more books sing songs and then he goes to sleep usually around 7:30 and then that's mine and Scott's time really we love it we watch TV or a movie or we've been playing gin as well and it's just we just live for that 7:30 p.m. when it's time to really relax. We love Orby obviously, but it is so nice at the end of the day to just have that time to ourselves where we know he's not getting back up anytime soon, you know. If we want to, we could stay up really late, but we never do. We usually go to bed by like 10, 30, 11. Um, but, yeah, that's, gosh, that's what we do every day at the moment, and I think the structure really helps because we are very busy, and it sounds so monotonous and it is. And some mornings you wake up and you just think, oh, again, feeling the hours again, but somehow you get through and, yeah, we're just keeping as many little rituals as we can to try and, and help with that. That probably sounds really boring. Everyone at home is like, oh, my God, I really feel for so her." <laughs> can I just say I
1: went through mine as in like this is the time we do this I would just like to add that I have lovely times and I read stories and I look at games and we do stuff together too. Because Maddie, you added in all the beautiful <laughs> words and feeling and thought to yours. And I feel like mine sounded very harsh. So it was more of a bullet point. But I'd like to say that I... Have a nice time with my husband and baby too, in case it didn't come across like that.
0: Yeah, no, it did, and I know you—you're the best mum. You do so many things with Raf, and like when we were up in Paris recently, we would sit on the couch, and Aubrey just picked up on the fact that Celia was definitely the one that was going to play with him, and he just kept coming over and dragging Celia off the couch to come and play games with him because he knew you were the fun one.
1: You made fun of me today because I said. I was like, I can't sit on the couch. It, it ref will just be so furious at me because I always sit on our rug and play with him. And he was
0: like, "Yeah, well, that's because you're his friend." <laughs> oh, geez. you're very good like that. Yeah. I make Aubrey bring the books to me, but Ref's not old. Soon he'll be old enough that you can make him bring the books to you.
1: Oh, he does bring the books to us. Don't you worry. <laughs> book after book after book I read Dear Zoo seven times today mm. but it's a banger you know I do love hearing his little animal sounds actually it's really funny
0: oh yes because you would be at the animal sound stage right now
1: mm-hmm. and even like he saw a bird fly over <laughs> across our um apartment today and he was so excited and then we sort of said yes because he pointed and we said yes that's a bird But then for the next 20 minutes, he just kept pointing at the sky and just exclaiming different sounds.
0: Yes, you saw one bird.
1: There are no longer birds. Let it go, please. That's
0: it. He would have just been mind blown
1: then. I know. It's so nice now when he's pointing and communicating with us too. I think it must be rewarding for him. He's like,
0: finally, these guys know what I'm trying to talk about. I know. Can you imagine? He's like, in his mind, he's like, yes, we've had a breakthrough.
1: Can I just also add, um, so during Rap's second nap, it's really nice lately. We've had some really nice weather in France. So often we go and sit on our balcony um, and he'll make me an iced coffee. I was just sitting there having a really lovely moment the other day. And a drone came past.
0: It's the French government.
1: Yeah, so Hugh owns a drone and so does my dad. So I don't find drones scary in terms of privacy. Well, at least I thought I didn't until I just looked up to see this drone zoom over and it was just sort of loitering outside. It's a small street I'm on, loitering outside our apartment. Um, And obviously the whole of Paris is a no-fly zone for drones. And I was freaking out. Hugh was having a nap, so I couldn't
0: wake him up. But I was just terrified.
1: I don't know. It probably was. That's what they've been using as surveillance, the police. But
0: No, I bet you someone's uh, just I really wasn't. bored. <laughs> They're like, I'm going to see what they Well, Hugh said, should I put
1: mine up? And I've been like, oh, maybe. But I can just imagine it exploding or I'm getting in serious trouble. But my main issue was that I was in a state of undress. Oh. I don't know if someone's got some sort of footage now or not.
0: <laughs> okay, so three weeks into lockdown, let us reflect on our new normal for a moment. So here's a list of some things that have become totally normalised in our life. So for me, number one is I get a sleep in every second day.
1: In Paris, there's no car noise. There's no honking, tooting and physical altercations when I'm walking down the road that is so quintessentially Paris.
0: Every day when I wake up, I have an abundance of energy. Is that because you know that you've got Scott to share it with or is that because you've been pent up for so long? No, that's because I've got, well, actually I'm unsure, but I thought it was because I've got, someone to lighten the load of the everyday drudgery
1: it's nice.
0: No, no flour to speak of in any
1: supermarket near me and also the pain of cooking a batch of muffins using some fake sugar replacement because I bought the wrong sugar because they didn't translate french correctly and i've ended up with these terrible tasting banana muffins that was the end of the flour and there's no more flour and i'm flawless it's a vanilla on my laptop so half of my keyboard keys do not light up anymore while I was making the terrible banana muffins using the stupid chef and using up the end of my flour
0: yeah i don't know what the deal with the flour is on a side note cuz we can never get it we got some the other day i like i saw it and i was like oh my god flour i'm so jealous oh <laughs> we are only going outside once a day if that Having no in-date in
1: sight and no date night in sight.
0: Shopping in major bulk.
1: Actively stopping my mind from planning or organising or thinking about life beyond the date when the next lock-in period ends.
0: To which I would say. I have a totally free and blank calendar for the foreseeable future. Very mysterious. Um,
1: really appreciating sunshine because it changes your day dramatically.
0: We are having lots of nice and slow family time. Appreciating the company of my dog who remains unchanged and unfazed about the lockdown. Every day at some point, I am bored. There's no time to argue and hold on to grudges. So fights, while they do happen, seem to resolve
1: a little bit more
0: quickly. Sometimes I feel like I'm living in a post-apocalyptic world.
1: Only wearing
0: elasticated pants Lululemon types. Becoming way too excited about reality TV time.
1: Only spending money on food. Living meal to meal, snack to snack. Constantly thinking about food. Food, food, foody, food, food.
0: Having a very tidy house because there's energy and two people to tidy up after the small child. Constant. Police presence and face masks on everybody. Getting bad looks when you're out if you so much as clear your throat. That's me.
1: I'm, I always <laughs> need to scratch my face. I don't know why. Appreciating technology, house party, Zoom calls, and really valuing a phone call and hearing the voices of my friends across the world.
0: So just a quick check-in on uh conspiracy theories. So a really interesting one's just come up which I think is worth having a quick chat about. I don't I haven't read into it because it's literally just come across my inbox as we speak. And Um, It's almost as if it could potentially be a joke. It sounds so unreal. So this is the headline. Leaked intelligent report shows US was warned about COVID-19 in November. They were monitoring Wuhan, weren't they? They're monitoring, yes, that's it. So the US, this is a conspiracy within a conspiracy because I didn't know that U.S. intelligence officers had such oversight of different countries. But anyway, apparently they, they oversee Wuhan because they have their, an army there. They've got a base in Wuhan for whatever reason. So they knew, it says U.S. intelligence officers knew a, conta- a new contagion was sweeping through Wuhan in November The whole story is about the fact that they couldn't get through to the top and they couldn't get Donald Trump to take it seriously. But for me, it's really interesting, one, that they're spying on Wuhan and two, that they saw what they call red flags in early November. And the red flags were around the movement of the people and the way that they started. They were acting differently apparently and businesses were acting differently in early November. And that indicated to the US spies that there was some sort of epidemic.
1: Maddie, Trump is obsessed with China in, in the worst possible way. Of course, he's got his fingers in all the pies in terms of spying. So this does not surprise me. It does surprise me, though, that they didn't take it
0: seriously. And, and they what the spies apparently told Trump's advisors was that it would be a cataclysmic event the, the main thing that stands out for me is that it was potentially circulating in that way in November because this also leads into another conspiracy theory that it's been in Europe for a lot longer than we believe and which is a reason why it's so widespread in Spain, France, and Italy. Have we spoken about this? I don't know, but I was reading today
1: about the UK as well. They think that the first cases in the UK were much before January.
0: Yes. So apparently there was a a doctor in Italy who has a few colleagues who said they saw a pneumonia-like illness that wasn't coming up with any of their usual swabs in December and it was making people really, really sick in December. So it would just be very interesting if it was the case that this has been circulating for a lot longer. There's also been quite a few um, scientists come out and say that they believe that this particular coronavirus has been circulating in humans for months, possibly years, but it just mutated at a point and became more deadly recently because apparently that a coronavirus is likely to do that and we there have been instances of coronaviruses being picked up like a decade after they've been circulating in the population.
1: I don't think we're ever going to get a true accurate idea of the time frame of COVID-19 in China because it was December wasn't it when who was alerted the World Health Organization was alerted in December is that right or is that yes. they said they
0: late yeah Late December, yeah, So, which to me is also amazing because I saw this on the news in mid-December. I saw that there was a SARS-like virus in China. Chinese authorities were saying that there was no human-to-human transmission. That was mid-December, we, uh, who wasn't notified until the end of December, allegedly. Midi, you are a head of the World Health Organization.
1: I feel honored that you're my co-host and this just goes to show why conspiracies by
0: many is one of our strongest segments because we've got the girl on the ground, the girl in the know. I'm such an anxious person when I saw that, I remember it because I saw that and I thought, I really hope that that isn't spreading. When they said there's no human to human transmission, I kind of like had a sigh of relief because I was like, I get freaked out about this stuff because now I'm like living it, but. I, that's why I, I remember so clearly seeing it on the news. Because for you, you're
1: really triggered by health in terms of anxiety, health issues. That would be the worst for you, wouldn't it?
0: Yes. And that's what it's all just my just friends crazy. are like, are you okay?
1: I know. I've been thinking that too. I'm like, I can't believe I'm hosting a podcast with you on this whole pandemic. I'm
0: incredibly with you. <laughs> I, I'm interested because... There were some very strange and pretty severe sicknesses that went around this year, uh, this uh, winter, just gone. I got really sick. Probably, I said to Scott the other day, it was my top two sicknesses. My number one sickness was when we were in Sri Lanka. That was my worst. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that was this one just gone. That was my number two on. The scale of sickness that I can remember and Scott's team had this horrible bug go through it as well everybody had really high temperatures and an awful cough and you know people just were saying it's the flu and that kind of thing but I'd be really interested to know if it was corona. Well maybe we'll find out soon if we are going to have this universal test to check our antibodies. I'm going to be so excited when my antibodies get checked. I'm actually quite curious
1: myself. I think everyone's going to be lining up to get those, which is not a good thing. <laughs> it to be a home kit. I'm sure it will be.
0: So that was my conspiracy theory for today. Very interesting. And that was day 23 in lockdown in France. Tune in next time to see how we spend our next days indoors.
1: And don't worry, we're not going anywhere.